0: Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. It's
1: the Tuesday before Halloween. Welcome to. No, this isn't
2: before Halloween. This is just for funsies. <laughs> yeah. what we normally. I don't have. water over myself. Oh no. Giant we
3: do this every week mind. at meeting. We all dress up in our own costume. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's what happens with regularity. <laughs> Secretly, I'm just a Joker, and and Anthony's a giant baby. I'm <laughs> um, no.
4: I'm actually a man who chooses to dress like a baby.
1: <laughs> man, baby.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, baby. Who said that? Jerome. Wasn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger that said something like that?
3: Man, baby. Yeah.
2: I have no clue.
3: Have no Jerome, clue. who are you? I enjoy Candyland way too much. I am I a love man. And do not mind me if you see me snacking a little bit as well. Lisa, who are
4: you?
1: Food I wish I had my costume. <laughs> my costume did not come in, so I guess I'm the queen of them all.
4: Just <laughs> the uh, queen of CLCI. No, what are we talking about? We're talking about taboo, weird, and oddball coaching styles and techniques and business plans why I thought it was
1: appropriate that I, today we could be weird, right?
4: Today, yeah, we're this is going to be easy, laid back, weird. You know, we're talking about the weirder side of coaching.
1: I'm having some. Uh, there we
2: go. Okay,
4: and so the, just to
1: be aware, some some adult back. content, not bad. It's just you know we're going to be talking about some things that um, different kinds of niches that are out there. So some of it's going to be definitely adult terminology. Just a mm-hmm. Disclaimer out there. Now everybody's interested. No, I was kidding. Well, now that
4: we did the disclaimer, we can also curse in our live because we already. Oh.
1: Yeah,
4: oh. we gonna drop f bombs everywhere. Ah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Ah. So. Okay. <clears throat> let's, well, let's. Is Brooke, it Brooke? Just disappeared. She absconded. So yeah. let's talk about um, sort of the first sort of uh, taboo topic in coaching: death and mourning
0: yes. well what do
3: we think about when we say taboo coaching what does that mean really for you guys
1: not frequently visited as far as what majority of the coaches are wanting to call themselves
3: okay when i would
4: I hear- say stuff that's you know verboden stuff that's um you probably shouldn't coach about
1: normally foreboding
4: <laughs> uh, if we're talking about death and mourning you know, that's really heavy for some people. You might want to see a therapist about a lot of the topics involved in death and mourning. But some of the well, stuff we read suggests otherwise. Um, there's a lot of practical, goal-oriented stuff that people need coaching on as far as death is concerned, like who's going to take care of an estate.
1: So they call that a grieving coach sometimes. There's there's a plentiful of
2: grieving coach. Mm Um, I'm talking about the folks who who are reaching out to to the afterlife. Oh,
3: Oh. I actually Mm -hmm. took an entire Mm
2: -hmm. language now. It's also, though, if we want to get serious, it's also if we want to get serious. Also, though, is a little bit um, if there is some taboo behind the concept of coaching Anybody really selling services to anybody who is in mourning um because I, it it is a space that is where somebody might be easily manipulated.
4: So funeral directors.
2: Um, oh my god. Yeah. But they do. You know, they have a they serve a purpose. I don't I mean, but then maybe they do. I don't know.
3: They're, I've
4: heard a lot of horror stories of funeral directors like guilting people, like, hey, like you should probably get the better coffin, you know. Oh, like, my the god. One. it's the, so, if we're talking about what you just talked about, Brooke, about reaching out to the dead um, and coaching in that way, that I find very unethical.
2: But helping somebody through the the mourning and everything, not at all unethical at all. But yes, if that's where it gets a little gray area, is is the are you contacting the other side element? Kind of we're life
4: coaches, not death coaches.
2: Death. <laughs> death coach, that's the med- name of my metal band.
4: <laughs> um, um, see, the the where it kind of death? blurs the line, though, is like if you're like a religious coach, for example, like we have. Is, uh, there's a weird line there. There's say. a lot of you know Christian coaches out there and other religions out there. So, where you draw the line of coaching for the dead or mourning might overlap with somebody's spiritual practice. Where in that case, um, you know, it's probably more okay. But if I'm charging people $5,000 to talk to their departed loved ones, then that's, that's a no-go for me.
2: That's, that's where you draw the line.
4: Well, It's
2: it's, it's a space that's hard to traverse, right? It is. mm -hmm. Um, I would say, I
3: mean, ideally, I mean, what you as a coach are looking to do is serve your client, right? And if your client comes to you for that specific niche, um i I couldn't say that you know it definitely is taboo but i mean again you're serving your client something they're subscribing to um
2: true and that's the question it's a weird fuzzy line because like but when are you coaching and when are you not coaching right at that point um we're
4: talking strictly icf coaching we got to be forward oriented and goal-minded a lot of the death and mourning coaches i've seen online don't focus in that space they talk about healing and they talk about you know trauma and like sort of more in depth the grieving process which feels on the borderline of yeah to me the
2: queen left the queen left
4: queen's Um. gone
3: That to me is what comes to mind when I hear taboos of coaching is when you are no longer coaching, when you're moving into that space that you were kind of mentioning.
2: Well, and that's what the big, the big headline of this is that we're going to be talking. This is a lot of non-ICF space, right? Mm -hmm. This is a lot of, um, of other space that we're in. Uh, So, so big, big, the other caveat is, is when we talk about this, it's probably a lot of times not going to be in the realm of what ICF would call straightforward straight. Yeah.
4: Okay. Now, now I think about it, it's more so it's just taboo not to be ICF. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah,
2: pretty right. much, right? Like, <laughs> that's
4: that's probably more of the issue here is that it becomes something that's not really coaching as we agree upon. Um, and if you disagree, tell us. Go ahead. Post it in the comments. I dare you.
2: Someone says i Someone said I'm a death coach. Um, but I, I'm assuming wrong now that it's it's uh you're helping people move forward through that space of mm-hmm. of uh, and doing what coaches do so um also
4: also I, the
2: brain just gone it's because it's i'm the dress is the joker
1: i can't I think went, we were at stuff. brooke sent us a whole bunch of stuff to look up as well it was interesting the different uh people in niche mm-hmm. concepts that they were putting themselves out there And the different articles people were writing about some that like had absolutely no clue what being a certified life coach is about, and then others touting all kinds of amazing
2: things. (laughs) Yeah, it's now let's let's move out of the desk realm. Let's talk about cuddle coaching. Can we talk about cuddle coaching for a minute?
4: I had a really
2: thing.
1: (laughs) Honestly, that was like the first thing back Back in like because I became a cuddle coach in 2011, so like around 2009, 2008, (laughs) I heard something about that, and I'm like, what in the
2: world? It's who there's a cuddle coaching, and these are people. There's a big line we have to walk here in the cuddle coaching space Um, because uh, is it genuinely? I think somatic coaching things like that are these things really coaching? what point are you crossing when you're actually cuddling with somebody is that no longer coaching i mean come on well really i mean I think not coaching. It,
4: it, um, it's i think as weird as it is it also sounds very funny and i would like to try it um as a joke <laughs> but as weird as it is um is it just kind of seems like a medium to facilitate coaching
2: yes it does That's all it, does. it
4: is if if you're if you the cuddler and the cuddly Both agree that you know this is all it is. This is (laughs) we participate in while we coach.
1: They have a big. See anything wrong with it?
4: Like compared to like coaching, you know, when you're going for a walk with your client or coaching in a different location or doing like exercising and coaching at the same time. Yeah, I don't see that much of a difference. It's just
2: there's so many things that could go south. Like there's so many. Yeah. many. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Contracts are critical, I think, in this space. Very critical. I mean, just
4: think
2: about like, are, you know, are they actually sleeping with them? Is my my next question. Do they actually sleep with the clients no. or are they just cuddling? I mean, like, no, they're um, cuddling
4: and coaching. Like, they're having a like coaching. Like, I'm just going
2: to hold you while we talk.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, okay. I, I can see that. I mean, especially for maybe folks that have like some kind of thing around being Holding touched or something right like that. Yeah. That be-
4: Light petting.
2: The
1: article, one of the articles I read years ago, it's not current, so I don't even, I don't have all the details, don't remember exactly, but what I do remember in there, this one lady was talking about having a cuddles coach because her husband was in the military and hadn't seen him for years and just wanted to have some connection without having connection if that makes sense they just needed some physical touch so
2: i have given permission for this other man to cuddle with you
1: Well not man it was a yeah that oh,
2: was a woman okay yeah. well of course
1: he's into it <laughs> i mean but not that that's any better necessarily but <laughs> yeah reminding you guys that we said this is adult conversation
2: <laughs> um, um, i was about oh, to I say
4: see. like there's a lot of stories where that goes the other way when somebody's looking for comfort while they're uh, Spouses away, but cuddling yeah, I mean, I guess that,
2: that that's a more acceptable, honest, and straightforward way to do things. Where is the coaching coming in, though? Is my like really my question? Is no, like no. You yeah. cut.
4: You cuddle and talk at the same time.
2: Yeah, no, there wasn't talking in this space. Yeah, in in the one you're speaking of.
1: Yeah, not the one I was talking about, but I mean, I can see that happening, but.
2: Not in this particular example. Definitely not a virtual option in the cuddle coaching space.
4: <laughs> it's actually funny that one article of the guy. Um, I sent a photo of the guy just like staring
2: uh,
4: <laughs> on the page. He says there's virtual and online options as well. Um, so
2: how do you virtual virtually cuddle someone?
4: Like this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
1: weird. Well, I do know everybody has in, in relation. I mean, you know that they have their iPads and tablets and everything open, and you're no. just right there together.
2: There is. I was reading recently that there is. Um, there is something too. So, people because people respond to touch. We respond to touch very well, and mm. it's very important to us. And and actually, like the act of physically touching someone can develop or, or destroy trust very quickly. But we also doing things like putting our hands over our heart or putting our hands where we actually take a moment and and consciously think about touching ourselves and touching ourselves in a specific way. And this all sounds. um, uh,
4: um, We're not onto that topic yet, Brooke. Hold on.
2: uh, But it can it can do things like like calm you down. It can anchor you. It can make your whole body sort of physiology change by the act of just you actually taking a moment to touch yourself <laughs> i'm 12 I'm 12 years old <laughs> um oh. so, so cuddle
4: coaching is do you think an IC, if somebody <laughs> got certified with us and they're like i want to be a cuddle coach and they go to the ICF do you think the ICF's going to accept it
2: i don't think the ICF asking what people's niches are right you know? i don't think they are yeah they wouldn't actually
4: yeah. they wouldn't even know really because you would submit the coaching um
2: yeah you're not going to say there's no there's no video so they can't yeah, there's keep no
4: video it's like an audio recording of the coaching session so all you hear is the the actual coaching the cuddling, <laughs> the cuddling. you don't hear the cuddling be-
3: i could <laughs> imagine just like exactly. some asterisk in the notes and it says wraps arm around waist or something <laughs>
2: i love it
1: (laughs) um another weird weird or strange or off the cuff kind of coaching
2: from moving from cuddling the natural next step would be sex coaching (laughs) but not actually that taboo really in truth it's really really not it's just like the concept of it the thought of it is that like the moment we say sex the word sex comes out of our mouths it's like (gasps) oh To, well, and the you know, internet,
1: like, puts all these constrictions on that as well. So one true. of the, um, she wasn't a coach. She's more a therapist. Um, Barbara DeAngelis, one of the things I liked about back in the day, I don't know, what was the 80s, 90s, when I used to go and hang out and do her trainings, <laughs> um, she would open <laughs> up the floor, and we're all women in that room in that time, in that particular I forgot what she called it, and she would open up the floor for any question, any whatsoever question um, women had about that sexual content, and some really interesting things came out, and some really um, people
2: didn't know about a lot of stuff. (laughs) What do you mean by "didn't know"? Like, like oh, just like simple things. But that's not coaching, though, right? At that point, though, she's at that point that. that was not
1: coaching, but it also wasn't. That's a teaching though Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: But yeah. was it a coaching session that this happened in, or was this like some other sort of it was group coaching? I mean, yeah, it was
1: like a, a a question answer, frequently asked question in that in that world. But what I really so an like-
2: example of what what coaching would be for mm-hmm. a for, so if I'm a client and I'm coming in and I want to I want to be coached in something in this sex department what what kind of uh sex related you know goals topics might I bring Maybe it's that I am have an aversion. Maybe it's that I'm have an aversion to being physical with people, and yeah. I want to be coached through that process to a space where I can comfortably uh, be that with somebody. Maybe it's a libido thing. Maybe it's a there's a number of things that could come into play, right?
4: Well, that's that's a very fine line to play with the therapy, and you know, yes, yes, yes. Well, maybe
2: I want to explore new yeah. things. I want to, I have a, uh, a, there's a bunch of new things in the sex department I'd like to explore and I want a coach to help me make sure I do it and do it in a timely manner.
4: <laughs> right.
1: and I can't well, even imagine.
4: <laughs> I would think that a lot of couples coaches that yeah. overlaps a lot with the well, yeah. sex coaching because yep. a but lot not of- that's
1: Not that kind of interaction typically for- Yeah, for I think couples.
4: more of like, there's a problem in the bedroom, whereas maybe one person is- wanting more than the other person how do we sort of resolve this dispute or yeah, issue That's
2: honestly something that comes up in marriage and in, in all of that though right it's not not to be heard of Lisa mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to attest to such things yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Um I mean my there's a lot of stuff so, though there is one big element here that we're not also not considering and that is um, there's a realm of shame that comes with sex. There's a lot uh, shame can very much be wrapped around and, and involved in the, the that space. And um, I know a I know a coach that, that she she is a basically like a gender neutral coach. She's about she's about breaking the bounds of gender when it comes to sexuality. Because a lot of times we play roles, um, and it's about how you can be any role you want and and exploring that. That's sort of her format and it's a different kind of thing but but she deals with a lot of people who have a lot of shame like um uh, 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 people who are transitioning people who are these kind of things can, can bring up a lot of shame when it comes to, to that department and i think she's does tremendous work so yeah
1: yeah well but even I, mean, I think everybody can have that shame in a relationship when one person is um you know not in the same place as the other one like one's wanting it more than the one other one. Thinks- or, yeah
2: the other one is is <laughs> completely vanilla <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yes <laughs> that's where lying comes in that's where these things are, where there are moments in relationships where it's like i just don't mm-hmm. tell or say what i want because and then i'm going to spend the rest of my relationship sort of never feeling satisfied and that could be very a uh, tough place to be in so it's very important we have uh is a part of coach relationship coaching from several aspects intimacy reaching orgasms yes exactly exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> but still could be considered a little bit taboo or a little bit you know let's talk more about sex <laughs> I
4: gonna say, the more taboo example would be like i i think i'd would see this like on like mtv or vh1 like in the early 2000s as like the pickup artists Mm-hmm. oh god that, that of, would, like,
2: nlp right there because uh, that's the nlp that they're using in that uh, <laughs> that's what i was just
1: telling you guys earlier mm-hmm. uh,
4: but i would see that a lot where it's like oh like i'm a sex coach but more like a pickup artist coach and i help virgins who've never you know <laughs> virgin men in their like late 20s and 30s like go out well, they and did you know,
2: get, get
1: started that's, that's, that's what that book was that I was telling you about. Was, did, yeah, that, again,
2: which is what the pickup artist is based on is that book. Yeah. Is there, um, so, not was again. that the name of it? Was that I can't remember. Was that the name oh, of the it? No, they did a show on TV. Uh, I, I think was, it's like, called
4: these. It's not called The Secret. It's called. And he would give them like,
2: like ridiculous hats to wear. Yeah. And was-, <laughs> mm-hmm. was a journalist um, who went
1: in to experiment. He had heard about this group and um, basically infiltrated it and followed their lead. I, I totally cannot
2: remember the name I of I love it. that. I once met a coach who was a relationship coach for BDSM couples. There's a lot that goes on in that world, in that space, in the sense that that it's a lot of trust has to happen and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of respect and I could see why some coaching would be a good, good thing, thing. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's your niche. There's no, no shame, no harm to it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm all for it. like I love weird and odd and uh, the more the merrier. Um, well, that takes us into the this realm, which which is this is kind of taboo for us to be talking about being taboo because I have even gotten into not arguments but had discussions with folks who very much ascribe to this. So when we go and talk about these things, we're not having a judgment here. We're not saying that it's good or bad. We're not saying that you should or you shouldn't. We're simply discussing what it is how it works and what our thoughts are but it it is not a judgment on anybody but um or 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 the, the things that they hold to be true so that, that reason I say this is NLP because the folks who are are NLPers are very very hardcore NLPers but it has essentially been debunked as a pseudoscience uh um and so that is it's an interesting space to be in but it's also sort of based in manipulation like, the whole thing is it's centered around manipulating people and um, uh, using your word, your language, and your your linguistics to manipulate a situation. And so, to me, that is a very kind of taboo space to be in, especially as a coach, right? Um, thoughts? I was
4: going to ask, couldn't lying just be NLP? Like, I'm using language to deceive someone. Is that I don't think that's, that's a
2: definition of nlp nlp is not the definition is not using language to well you said manipulate so i don't think manipulation is in the definition of nlp but
4: um my definition
2: it, it kind of is implied in some ways though really and genuinely is because it's about changing the way you think the way others think act or behave using words a lot of times not with their knowledge which is weird
1: <laughs> um, right. Well, that's kind of the thing. When you're going to an NLP practitioner, you're you are in a a wearing a new word. You are aware that you're going to an NLP practitioner. When someone is secretly trying to manipulate you, I'm trying to find that book that I not proud to have read, but it actually gave me a really different insight to what that was for that experience. But when you're going to a practitioner, it's a a form in that sense where you're doing a a self-hypnosis exchange where that NLP practitioner is leading you. They call it uh, Jedi mind tricks. Well, yes.
2: Okay. Learning NLP is like learning the language of your mind. This is from NLP.com. Let's make it simpler um uh so the way they break it down they go no neuro means it's this is the physical components of your emotional mental well being your brain essentially linguistics is the way you speak or communicate and programming is, is uh perceiving your mind as an internal operating system programming is the way we uh we the way our past experiences thought emotions affect all our lives so um it's it's taking the programming and then you Rewiring a program, essentially. You're, they're trying to re- rewire the connection. Um, the thing is, people do often use this. There is a whole fact, or faction or portion of this that is centered around using it to your own gain, right? And like using it so that you can be successful so that you can make millions of dollars so that you can get all the women in the world you want. Like this is a thing that circles around this concept of NLP and um, makes therefore making it in my eyes, something that is
4: pretty taboo. Um, it, it, in my mind, it makes it so that you're over promising and probably going to under deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah coach if we just bare bones coaching we don't promise anything we're gonna try to to have a conversation to Mm -hmm. get you on track for a certain goal in mind we're not we don't appeal to or pretend to appeal to like some sort of scientific like understanding as far as like icf coaching goes we're you know whereas nlp back back in the 70s they tried to scientifically prove this and there's a lot of debate going on since the 70s whether or not you could actually prove any of their claims. Um, I have my biases towards that, but there's controversy in the scientific community about if NLP is even factual or not.
2: Well, it is, I mean, I think that, that, that though it has been pretty much debunked as a pseudoscience at this point, like there's an official, It's a, it, they've officially called it a deemed it a pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm almost 100 percent certain. I will double check right now.
4: You need a check.
2: Um, but it's no that that now there. That's not to say we're not again not discounting things completely. It's not to say there aren't areas that that they have, that there's truth in all of it. It's not to say you know that there are there are things to be learned um in this space as well. Oh my gosh, there is like indeed. If,
4: if the importance of language in terms of you know a person's like thought patterns there's a lot of studies in the linguistics fields that suggest that there is like a linguistic determinism sort of like what language you learn sort of affects the way you view reality so people who learn english and exclusively english are going to think completely differently from people who learn chinese not even on the basis of the culture, just the language and the words that you use, you're going to think and interpret reality differently. Kind of like how a lot, I think a lot of people say, like, you know, the um, Eskimos and Inuit people have like 30 different words for snow.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Well, as English speakers, we got a few, like, two or three words for snow wet snow and sleety snow and, um, hard, snow and hard snow and dry snow. <laughs> Um, so you perceive reality differently based on the language and the words you use. So maybe if you change the words you used internally, how you think about yourself, um, you know, yeah, I can believe that.
2: And I think there are techniques that they use as well within it where mm-hmm. you know it's about getting being aware of what you're saying, being aware of how you say it, being aware that the way you carry yourself and the way that you you your entire internal dialogue as well, the way you perceive things, the way that mm-hmm. it might be something that is a pattern right and this is sort of something that's based in neuro linguistic programming is that you're identifying your patterns of thought your patterns of speech the the way and and then adjusting it for better better or different results right Mm -hmm. um it's the the, where the taboo comes in is when we're using it to manipulate other people or get what we want from other people unbeknownst to them essentially
4: and also Um, the the hypnosis side of it and the um the subconscious side of NLP is where- Well,
2: that's the unbeknownst to them part, right?
4: Yeah, it's, it's hard to prove that. Whereas you have sort of other techniques like cognitive behavioral therapy, which has a lot of overlap, but that's more of the psychology side where mm-hmm. there's a lot more proven results and you're consciously making decisions. It's not like this sort of underhanded, subconscious, like, you know, skullduggery um trying to, trying to consciously choose what you do and say and then reinforce that behavior for positive results
2: i um uh so i mean that's moving out that i mean we're what we're saying is it, the, the pickup artist side of things no matter what all of these things are not really coaching so let's just always return to that this is not actually genuinely coaching so
1: um, right, anything to do but, with that manipulation that is not chosen
2: the element that would be coaching with it that could be coaching is that if you are listening to the way your client speaks and you use their language back at them. So if your client uh, is somebody who uh, responds to visual cues, so you choose to use visual cues within your coaching to relate to them. And that is not manipulation. That's, that's uh, speaking the same language, but it is something in the NLP space. I think, um, they, there's also some visualization stuff that they do. There's, I mean, there's lots of things that you can do within it. Um, modalities uh, where there's, there's things to be learned. Um, moving out of the NLP space.
4: Oh, well, I want to touch Go back ahead. on the sex coaching thing one more time. Cause I read <laughs> something interesting. And I forgot to bring it up is um, sex workers getting sex coaching certification is something I read on one of the, yeah. Sites that you put.
2: Um, oh, I found it.
4: Can you be a sex worker and coach at the same time?
2: Well, not at the same. You can't be coaching your your, your clients. <laughs> I and like I your have,
1: clients. <laughs> I have a story there. I have a story there. I was in I was in Las Vegas um, for an event, and
4: so what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but but they called themselves a, a couples coach. <laughs> Oh, and they were swingers? <laughs> well, I was sitting, it was early. I mean, who gets up early in Vegas? You, you like, you stay up till early hours. Well, I'm up at seven. Mm-hmm. I'm at this restaurant. I'm all by myself. Maybe way over, way over in the corner is another person. And all of a sudden, these two people come up and like stand above me. Like I'm sitting and they're ones on one side, ones on the other. I'm like, what? <laughs> we're We're here for the convention. Are you? I'm like, well, yes. What convention are you here for? The sex workers convention. I went, oh, may we sit with you? I go, well, I'm not with that convention, but yeah, go ahead and sit <laughs> with me. We and made I exchanging the information about, and they showed me this big old magazine. I mean, it was like an incredible magazine. If it wasn't about sex workers, I mean, it was really interesting. So We were chit-chatting and going.
2: I think it would be more interesting because it's about sex workers. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I was was speaking to them about what I, what I do. I'm a couple's coach. And one of them goes, whoa, I'm a couple's coach too. (laughs) uh, Not in the same way. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, they, they felt that they served a purpose. They felt they fit a um, area that fed a need of people and most of the time when they were in their business it wasn't only about sex right it was about having a conversation where they the person that partnered up with them they could have any kind of conversation it wasn't a um, fearful
2: yeah you know,
1: if, if, if
2: they're making the other couple so if, if they're with other couples they're making the other couple stronger essentially yeah. uh, through this which i can see that i mean
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it was just very odd for two people to stand above me that i didn't know and it was like awkward and then we get down into the conversation of things okay so the book that i'm totally not at all proud that i read guys not at all proud that I read, but actually I'm grateful that I read it because it gave me a perspective that I can tell when someone's using that language on me. <laughs> um, it started that learning in that space. It's called the game.
4: Oh, that was it by Neil Strauss. Yeah,
1: by Neil Strauss, that was Strauss.
4: the one. Yeah.
2: There's a there's another book that actually uses NLP concepts that I actually quite enjoy. It's called um, um, Words That Change Minds, mm-hmm. and it's in the space though. It's not about um, uh, essentially like manipulating people. It's actually in a workspace, how to essentially, how to, to identify how people are motivated for, and what they do and et cetera, like mm-hmm. how it motivates that's people. Cool. Them. And so, um, that's mm-hmm. why I, I enjoy it. It's and so it's, it's more about identifying what people's strengths are just based on how they speak. And then, and then knowing where to place them if you're a boss or something.
1: Definitely else. a better book.
4: <laughs> so you've used that book on us, Brooke.
2: All the time, <laughs> every day. <laughs> you know i do
4: <laughs> yeah i know and
1: what's another taboo coaching that we
4: sociopath coaching
1: is your coach a sociopath
4: <laughs> perfect, the perfect makeup for this yes crazy um
1: there's oh, wow. she's got the perfect makeup but mine's really more more perfect yeah <laughs> oh, lisa's
4: saying All right. All you British people watching, sorry, we don't like monarchists here.
2: Um, uh, so the, the, the yeah, that's the thing with the sociopaths. is that I reading. Did you read the articles uh, recently? I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> um, is is that they are? Uh, it, there is. An inclination for some f- folks who are in that space to become coaches, actually, which is uh, scary, right? Um, but it's because it's putting them... I think any places of power, sociopaths are drawn to. A, a lot of them are. Not power and, and money.
1: Coaching technically is not a place of power, but they... Build, build
2: it into it. But When you look at like the Tony Robbins and you look at the big name folk that are out there and, and they the, they appear to have a great deal of influence and power over other people and they yeah, also that's true. be able to get whatever they want, whenever that's they true. want. And mm-hmm. that is very alluring to somebody in with that kind of uh, well mm-hmm. with a with a means to an end, which is what really truly in truth a sociopath is a human being with a mean to an end and they don't consider other other human beings in in uh, walking that path and getting what they want the moment you're in your way they don't care they're going to do what they need to to get back past you and get what they want with no regard
4: um well they or- see other people as a means to an end
2: well yeah they'll use people as a means to an end absolutely and that's that's We're the cheap. thing is it's it's the you are you are supply that's one of the best way of, i've had it put is you are supply and when your supply runs out when you're no longer of value you're discarded um, Which the
4: sociopath coach comes in when they see their clients as a mean to an end, the end being yeah. more money, yes. and they so keep they, you on the hook, or they'll do all these crazy pyramid schemes. That's where they're
2: going to try everything they can to get to the, the height that they want, and that they'll, they'll maybe be willing to go to great lengths. I think, though, in this space, you as the client are probably in the safest space, <laughs> um, because I think that, that they're going to want to be doing a good job and want to be known for doing a fantastic job Mm. and so i think that they that you are in the safest space as a client in if dealing with this i think that everybody else in their way is probably at a much more (laughs) crazy Mm. but but there is a theory if you want to make it and be big you've got to be able to perform and if you go if you're going to perform you gotta you know they are going to know that now mind you they're probably some underhanded stuff going on in the process not always but um uh and so it's a, it's an interesting space but i think as a client it's it's probably you're in the safest uh lane <laughs> um mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> I, I disagree with that uh, yeah there's yeah. a lot of gray area that
2: sounds good
3: <laughs> i feel like there's a lot of space for someone to pull a fast one over you if you're no you
2: know, well i mean I, that's- as far as coaching
3: is concerned there's a lot of gray area there where um again and- i
4: I think a sociopath coach is going to be the coach who tries to keep you on the hook and keep trying to coach you even though you don't really mm. need the coaching anymore. Yeah. Yes. They're going to do That's everything the they can to keep their income stream coming in.
2: Yeah, first. Yes,
4: absolutely. Um, so, so they're going
1: to keep you dependent is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
4: they're, they're mm-hmm. going to try to foster codependency and they're not going to give a damn about you because they're sociopaths. So yeah. you're just... a in an income stream to them
2: so now that brings me up another thing though so just thinking here right um we are supposed to remain relatively neutral yeah and not care so much we can't care too much about so in some ways we ask our 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 coaches to be a little more sociopathic <laughs> like um
0: uh, i don't know practice. being neutral is
4: yeah. being sociopathic though no,
2: no. Well, I mean to be, but not to have an emotional attachment, not to have, uh, yeah. you know, oh, back,
1: I see what you're saying.
2: Not to be, uh, you know, not to care what, how your client is doing once they've left the bounds of the, the the thing, but to worry about your own life. These are all things that are kind of playing in that space a bit, um, uh, w- because we don't, we can't be overly empathetic. We can't be crying mm-hmm. with them. We can't be, you know, worried about what's going on with them. That is, that would be something we would t- categorically tell our, our coaches not to do right
3: yeah i think though because it comes with a reason there's a reason for you in doing so it kind of separates you away from that definition of sociopath um rather than you just going in and just right. simply not well, caring do
2: that people, that yeah. they don't have their reasons
1: <laughs> self-centered reasons though I don't know that. yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: exactly.
3: I'm so, unaware of their reasons. I, I'm not sure, but I would imagine that it'd probably just be, they just simply do not care. And, you know, there's just a disconnect there from,
2: I think that that's where that's, that's the, uh, you're not thinking of what a sociopath is quite correctly. Then mm-hmm. only so because um, sociopaths do have emotion. They do care. They do get angry. They do get uh, se- It's that they, uh, jo- they don't have any regard for other human beings and their emotions and their it's that that part of it it's just shut off and it's it's
4: I'm looking at the def, the definition right now. It's a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behaviors and lack of conscience. Yes, I think opinion. being outcome independent is a lot different than being um yes. having a lack of conscience because yes. we require well the ICF requires coaches to have somewhat of a code of ethics and conscience. The sociopathic coach is just going to disregard that. So. Well, will yeah. they,
2: though? They may may not because they it depends on what their end goal is. What it's kind of, They're going to well, disregard all, it. But all
1: end goals prefer. are going to be self-serving. It has exactly nothing to do So, with so
2: the they're not going to hold it because they're only going to hold it for as long as it serves yeah. them. And then the moment it doesn't serve them, they'll disregard it. And you don't want to be there when that happens, essentially, um, is what it is. Yeah. So, no,
4: I don't think you're safer and better off coaching <laughs> with a sociopath.
2: think i've never i never said they were safer or better off i just meant of all the spaces in in all the world i think that that would be the one to be in a sociopath with that that one it it, it would be more safe for me than others (laughs) Um,
1: so i was i was interviewing (laughs) i was interviewing mentor coaches i was looking for an mcc mentor coach and as i was doing now none of them i would say are sociopaths i'm not going there but egocentric absolutely (laughs) Whenever I called one of them, not all of them, but some of them, they had this, I'm lucky I got a hold of them. I'm lucky <laughs> that they're even talking to me. And I'm I'm like, and, you know, and all of this and a bag of, a bag of rice or something. I don't know. I just, I want a down
2: to earth person. I don't want to talk to
4: someone. Yes
2: all on themselves that's so on that note so there's a there's also this sort of fact of coaching or in this space where it's about um coaching not not the um the the sociopath but but this concept of of i can do anything um i'm a you know there's genius coaching there's uh when we talk about goal setting and huge out of this world goals and then being in love with yourself and and having the confidence and having the That that realm, I'm I'm being, of course, devil's advocate uh, as per usual in this. um, uh, The can be can start to push itself to that realm of sort of like, well, when at what point are we being narcissistic and just really thinking about us, and when instead of more altruistic and and um, approaching being happy with what you have, essentially, Um, and that there's a kind of weird taboo space that goes on there right? That this concept of ego and, and coaching sort of is in many ways ego-driven, um, uh, whereas, um, that might be, a, a, there are other cultures and other realms of, where, where the, that ego, that, that wanting is sort of found on.
4: Yeah. So I think the taboo in the coaching realm is like the, the motivational coaches or like the, the cheerleader coaches who are just like, there to just pump you up and just feed you full of narcissism and ego and just send you off. Like they don't really work on a goal. They're just like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. You're awesome. And like, you're the most awesome person in the world. Now go out there be awesome. Like that's not, I think
3: I don't, I don't, there's a huge deal with that. I think a lot of the taboo that comes along with that is relative to how you're starting to treat other people in that space. I think Mm -hmm. when you can start, you know, obviously, when you're a narcissist to others, I mean, you should, I think we should all be great to ourselves. Talk us up as as often as possible. (laughs) But when it comes to, you know, you seeing yourself again, when ego gets in the way, seeing yourself above above others, that's when the taboo really steps in.
2: Well, and I think, well, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. I think though, too, that even though we're working towards goals, like we're everybody, we as people have to do things like we're, otherwise we would just be sitting, like we have to, we live a life. It is finite. It's, there's a certain amount of time. There are a lot of times things we want to accomplish within that time. Um, and the, the closer you get to the end of that time, the more you are aware of the the, the time. <laughs> um, and so uh, I think that that's where this starts to come in is is it's not so much about an egocentric kind of thing. Like I've got to be amazing. I've got to be fantastic as much as it is. is I just, I only have a certain amount of time to get Certain things done, and I'd like to be more focused. And yeah. and that's I don't I think that that that, that looking at it that way it help, it kind of takes the ego out as much as uh, um, most people I think approaching it would be. It's not about making somebody amazing and a billion dollars or you know become this six figure, you know what have you. It's 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 about you know I've 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 only got so much time, and I'd like to be productive. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. <laughs> man baby <laughs>
4: sorry I thought somebody was knocking at my door for a second so I got a little bit distracted door,
2: like, mmm. <laughs>
4: I wouldn't no, I'm not going to do that I, I, like like I
2: can. half
4: a second but I'm not going to go freak out my neighbors um, uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, you meant or in the notes that you sent, you also uh, put in Genius Coaching, and I yeah, do not know what the heck that okay, is. Okay, so if
2: you click on that, that is a weird space. So it's it. This is that was a weird space when I saw it, and I no, I not saying anything bad about Genius Coaching the, the, or what it is, but it is essentially um, a, a group that, if you have a gifted child, your child, or you think your child is gifted, they um, you you pass an assessment with them, and then they will. Coach your child to genius, essentially, and 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 that to me is terrifying. Like that is like stage mom hell. Like um, yeah,
4: that's, that's tiger mom uh, behavior. Imagine, right
2: like, it's not your child. The child at that point is not. They're young. One, yeah. and two. Whoa, are you? That's a lot of expectation. Like, yeah. um, and so, are you coaching
4: the parent or are you coaching the child?
2: You're po- coaching the, both. Both the whole family, the child, and the parents. whole unit is being coached uh to genius yeah talk Um, about
3: not being attached to results that's definitely
2: that is like whoa it's like my goodness um a little scary uh i mean i i just think scary for the kids because that's a lot of expectation to be putting on anybody's shoulders like um uh but i'm I'm, again no judgment whatsoever i just at first glance that's the first thing that went through my head i was like whoa uh because that's scary (laughs)
1: <laughs> this, one, this one says is a dynamic resource to help your child overcome challenges oh, build cool. on your innate talents and strengths to and realize all that is possible
3: that's that's a coach but i think when you put the label genius in front of it there's a lot of expectation and that it's comes- it's
1: a child. Child. Right? What, like mm-hmm.
2: what age is it appropriate to be coaching somebody that's
4: what i was gonna ask because you can coach teenagers mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like you'd, have, you'd have the permission of the parents, and you'd be working with the parents. A
2: nine-year-old, like, you know that that somebody's got an agenda. I'm just saying, like, somebody's got an. There's an adult with an agenda in there somewhere, <laughs> um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and that to me takes it out of coaching. Am I wrong? um Or the I,
4: agenda is not the kid's agenda. Yeah. But, yeah, I
2: want to go eat cookies and hang out with my friends.
4: Yeah. <laughs> You gotta assume that's what's coming out of that
3: coaching session, right? If like, you're truly coaching them, so yeah.
2: Like I was a kid
1: setting the session contract. Also, like- well, you- that's what I'm reading right now in this one. This one it says we speak their language first, play, and then oh, we build trust. First we
2: garner their trust, and then we manipulate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then we talk about their concerns. Okay. And then we encourage them to stay out of the box and discover who they really are. So they've got the language there, right, for coaching, but I'm not exactly clear on where the genius genius comes in there. If someone
4: who's a genius and a, dressed up as a baby, I don't <laughs> approve.
2: <laughs> I
4: that's my helpful. take on
3: it. My question: How do you expect a kid to know who they really are? I mean, that's. That's yeah, a, what this is such a what weird if this role, kid is fine
4: right? with being stupid and not a genius? What if they're like, no, I'd, I'd want to no, be no, dumb. I, I, think right.
1: it, I think it's a marketing term that attracts parents, yes. but it looks like at least what I'm looking at is it looks more therapeutic than mm-hmm. actually coaching in what I'm reading. I wonder what the assessment is, though. I'm curious about yeah. the
4: assessment. Sure. I wonder oh. if I'd be able to pass. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs>
2: Um, but, uh, I mean, but, it's, but, but but no, taking that them out of it, like like I don't want to talk about that company. Mm-hmm. What age is it appropriate to start coaching somebody? I uh, coach, I coach Cambria. Okay, okay. Simple. I mean, like, it's not, simple. Coach, it's like, not charging
1: it's... money to coach. Oh well, I mean it's my granddaughter, so that's not. What but. There Whatever are ways to help people, even young people, <laughs> to have a different thought process.
3: I think that's a space we gotta. Oh, I'm sorry, Lisa, go ahead.
1: But you're still gonna be. Co- you've still got to not not coaching a young person and not their parent is a big mistake.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got I to know. coach the parent. It's really you know like what's that the the dog trainer Caesar Milan is that yeah. his name? He really trains. The owners of the dogs, not I mean not that, the dogs,
2: but more the owners of the dogs to get their behavior different. Well, yeah, it's true. He's changing tra- he's changing their behavior so that then they, they're speaking dog language.
4: I think um, we're kind of kind of dancing around the question though, because you
2: can yeah.
4: let's say a teenager, you can sit down one on one, coach with them for like an hour.
2: Yeah.
4: How young could you go before that's sort of like uh, That's
2: weird. I mean, genuinely. I think-
4: I think you got to
3: use some intuition in that space. Just kind of like, if someone shouldn't be coached, they should be seeing a therapist. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. in this space. I think you got to, it's, there's probably no clear cut answer for that. Um,
2: but mm-hmm.
4: I think you there might, the coach, there might have to be. Is there an age answer,
2: on therapy? I'm curious. Like, is there an age limit? Like when, when is a child old enough for therapy?
4: Well, that's different though. I think that's like a sort of like,
2: yeah, it's different. The child has to have goals. They have to. If the child, if we are coaches, right? I'm just gonna play this out in my head here. So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna verbally out loud this. Um. Uh. So if I'm, if I am, uh, the structure of a coaching session, we set a contract with our them. We 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 catch up to them with them. We set a contract that we then allow them to lead us through until we come to a conclusion with the final goal. of The contract <laughs> has been fulfilled Ooh. within the session, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm four years old, am I setting session contracts? <laughs> like, am I capable of doing yeah. it?
3: Yeah, I think yeah. you are. Yeah,
2: yeah, I
1: think so well, too. I mean, I don't think the session's going to be an me. hour yeah, long.
2: Come let's coach. Come, let's let's try this camera. Come here. <laughs> come here. Come here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think you can. I don't think you do it for a long t- period. I mean, it's not going to be an hour session typically. I think it's going to be a shorter session to accommodate the attention span
2: of what. Wherever that
1: but, cognitive. And okay, and would the four-year-old is.
2: know that they wanted coaching to begin with, right? Like or is this something that like parents would force on them? Like you you know know what? What? That's parents.
4: It's all parents. I might I might flip on the subject. Like, I'm now. gonna
2: look at Anthony and go, Anthony, go see the <laughs> child.
4: <laughs> I'm be as I'm dressed Man,
2: like baby, can you be coached? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm
4: gonna get on their level and be like, listen. <laughs> kids like to dress.
1: Oh my god!
4: <laughs> no. no, no. no um, at first, I was thinking about this like, no way, you couldn't coach a kid. But then I thought, well, yeah, if you're a mm-hmm. teacher,
1: mm-hmm. they're doing it all the right. Yeah, yeah.
4: Become sort of coach, to have your use path. the skills that you learn as a coach, include it in your teaching, Um, and that'd be totally like I'm fine. I'm great with kids
2: adjustable. because I I get on their level and I talk to them like adults and like I ask but them. Are you dressed like, like them serious. though? No, not, no, your man, man, maybe. Because then they think I was just making fun of them, so I wouldn't do it. But they probably yeah. laugh a little. They're probably like, I, think, I, never think I think
1: it's different. I think it's just different with the way that we work with children than we work with adults. It's easier, honestly. It's easier to work with children than adults because they're, they will make decisions more simply
2: and just yeah. do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're probably not like, you know, trying to... Uh, Get a million dollars in a week or something like that. That's not a kid goal. really. Yeah, that sounds, so good. Good. Yeah.
4: That sounds definitely <laughs> just like a kid goal. It's like, I want a million dollars.
2: Okay, so, how are you going to do it? Let's do it. i are going to do that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, kid, 12 year old becomes a millionaire with Life Coach. <laughs> I can yeah. see that being
4: wow. some stupid. Um, all right, movie. we're about
2: out of time. <laughs> Uh, I think we have uh, descended in madness.
1: <laughs> so, so we've had fun. Today was a fun day, just a chit chat day of taboo kinds of interaction as coaches or people that are calling themselves coaches. We're just having fun today. Mm-hmm. Nothing real serious. Thank you so much for being here. Why so serious? What? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, no, I was just doing a quote, it was a Joker quote. I was just, that's all oh, I didn't hear
1: you say it again.
2: No, the moment is over.
4: Say it, say in the voice. I'm so serious. That
2: was Nixon doing a why so serious dress. I know
1: this is like Man Baby it. doing Nixon doing <laughs> Joker.
4: That's yeah, enough uh here's a takeaway uh the oddball sections of coaching the weird and the taboo um those are great niches not a lot of people do yeah. them so that might be a good place to establish yourself yeah. and have a lot of return customers yeah and to kind of add on to that i mean
3: there's something for everyone out there just be cautious mm-hmm. well you i think you're getting yourself into before you commit to something long term
2: everybody needs a coach even mm-hmm. sociopaths we all need <laughs> uh, neurodivergent people need coaches too um uh but uh, that is uh i think that that, that this it's a good point there's something for everybody and i think that just know know the difference between coaching and not coaching because mm-hmm. just calling yourself a coach yeah. within the realm of cuddling within the realm of sex within the realm of genius uh you you may not actually be coaching yeah, At yeah. least by ICF's definition, and that is what yeah. we ascribe to. So, if you're going to call yourself a coach, coach. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not going to coach within the space of what you're doing, uh, don't call it, call yourself something else. You
4: consider coach <laughs> yeah. youth yeah, coaching definitely. as a skill set. Call yourself a cuddle a consultant
2: or a cuddle advisor, yeah, that's or that's a <laughs> But don't call yourself a coach. If you're not actually using the tools that coaches use, because you're giving everybody a bad name. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it just confuses. Me. So, yeah.
3: Don't yeah. miss that opportunity.
2: Confusion. You're causing confusion. And then, but we could have a confusion coach. Yeah. As long. Mm. As <laughs> as
3: All right, now we're getting off track. Confusion. confusion.
2: I'm
1: confused that a few times.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine that client? I don't understand what you're saying. Why do I you keep mean, asking me
4: questions? Me neither. I don't know. All right. I think that about wraps it up. All right. Goodbye, yeah. everybody. Go be taboo. Go be odd. It. Have a happy, happy, happy Halloween.
1: Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Have fun. Halloween. <laughs> happy fall day. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for
4: sharing. Goo goo
0: Bye bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day, online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.